Welcome to the Next Steps Bible Reading Podcast. I'm Greg Whiting, and today in the One Year Chronological Bible, we are reading January 6th, Genesis 18, 1 to 15, which could have taken place in 2067 or 1901 BC. Uh, there's a couple different dates, and I'm just giving those in case uh, you'd like some kind of historical reference. A son promised to Sarah. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seahs of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. <laughs> then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where's your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. So this is God appearing to Abraham, having this um, conversation, and um, and this announcement again that Sarah, by this time next year, is going to have a son. Abraham was the one who laughed the first time, and now Sarah is laughing as well, and God is making it clear. Um, yes, you did laugh, and this is going to happen. Genesis 18, 16 to 33, Abraham intercedes for Sodom. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations of earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin so grievous, that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? 
Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? So this is interesting. This might be one of the first times here, maybe the first in scripture, where we have someone seemingly kind of challenging God, kind of uh, in, in our vernacular, we might say putting him in his place. Not quite like that, but let's see what happens. Verse 26, the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find five, 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. Very interesting, isn't it? Um, Abraham, the one who, who's going to be the father of this new nation and God speaking in this way with one another. All right, well, what's going to happen? Genesis 19, 1 to 29, Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Interesting. These are angels. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters. You're not going to do this, Lot, are you? I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. Every father, and I'm sure mother right now too, reading this is getting angry. But don't do anything to these men for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved toward forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness so they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great 
that he has sent us to destroy it. All right, so apparently they did not find uh, 10 righteous people in the city. So verse 14, Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. All right, that, that, that's even a little more upsetting uh, about what he said earlier. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. I just want to pause here a moment because the, the we think of the judgment of God in passages like this. But you're also looking at his mercy, even as they just, even as the scripture says it here, to be able to protect this family, even though they don't deserve it. Verse 18, but Lot said to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life, but I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? That my life will be spared. He said to him, very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zor. By the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur, on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Consider that phrase. This might be the first time we see it. He remembered Abraham, verse 29. When God remembers someone, it's not that, oh, he forgot about them. He's, he's doing something for them. And of course, it just mentions here, he decided to, to spare him and to spare Lot as well. Genesis 19, 30 to 38, Lot and his daughters. Lot and his two daughters left Zor and settled in the mountains for he was afraid to stay in Zor. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day, the older daughter said to the younger, our father is old and there is no man around here to give us children. As is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. I know there's a lot of what we would call crazy, insane things um, that we're going to see here in the Old Testament. Not the plan that God had set out. Verse 33, that night they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and slept with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, last night I slept with my father. 
Let's get him to drink wine again tonight and you go in and sleep with him so that we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also and the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. I know that seems pretty unbelievable. But we're not talking about sleeping uh, with one another, having sex with one another as you would think about it uh, today. They're, they obviously had one goal to be impregnated. Verse 36, so both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son and she named him Moab. He's the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son and she named him Benami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. Genesis 20, 1 to 18, Abraham deceives Abimelech. Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar, and there Abraham said of his wife Sarah, She is my sister. All right, here we go again. Second time we've seen this. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did she not say to me, did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say he is my brother? I've done this with a clear conscience and clear hands, clean hands. Then God said to him in a dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience. And so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Very interesting, right? Um, Abraham and Sarah both did wrong. They lied again. God doesn't do anything about that at this point. But instead, he's protecting his own promise. And he appears to Abimelech and tells him uh, that he must not do this. And he also shows mercy to Abimelech in this case. Um, all right, verse 8. Early the next morning, Abimelech, summoned all his officials. And when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, what have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me in my kingdom? You have done these things to me that should never be done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, what was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. Okay, there's there's uh, reasoning, right? And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, this is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham, and he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, my land is before you. Live wherever you like. To Sarah, he said, I'm giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. <laughs> he, calls, he calls him the brother. Uh, this is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female slaves, so they could have children again. For the Lord had kept all the women in Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. Wow. God's very serious, obviously, about all this and protecting 
his promises. Um, but he's also full of mercy. Genesis 21, 1 to 7, 2066 or 1900 BC, the birth of Isaac. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. What an incredible thing both Abraham and Sarah were going through. And yet it comes back to God had made a promise and he carried through. All right, that's the end of the reading for January 6th. So I gave some thoughts as, as I went through this reading. Um, but as I mentioned a couple times, I, I think this, this is my takeaway from here. Um, God had made a promise that he was going to do this particular thing. And it, it was tough for Abraham and Sarah to really believe it and to live in that way. And, and I know there are promises God has made that, um, that I sometimes live as though I don't believe them. I must believe every promise he has made, every promise that does relate to me uh, now and in the future, and, and live in that way, live by faith. Because when I decide not to, it puts myself and it puts other people in jeopardy. But the other thing I, I want to, to point out for myself for application is to remember Yes, this God was a holy God and this God meant business and this God could take your life in a moment. But this God, and by the way, this is the same God we serve today, is a merciful God as well as a just God. Father, thank you for this passage of scripture. Thank you for your promises to Israel and how you fulfilled them. And, and how you made your righteousness known. How you showed your justness. But Father, I want to thank you so much for how you showed your mercy in those days to your people and those who are not your people as you show it to us today and you will in the future. Uh, Father, help me to believe your promises. What you have said is true. And I want to live by faith in that way. In Jesus' name, amen.